Hello and welcome everyone to the Filmmaking Sucks podcast. Where we tell you about all the mistakes you can make while producing a film and explain how you can avoid them yourself. And I am one of your hosts, Manny. And I'm another host, Lindsay. We're back. Yeah. We are just the two of us today. Just the Um, two of us. Yeah, we're back. So, we took a little bit of a break. Uh, unfortunately, not not a. Uh, we didn't want the not break. by choice. Not by choice. No, no, not by choice. The break was not by choice. Um, yeah, so that happened. That <laughs> happened during a week, which which was terrible for us for it to happen during that week. Yes. Um, we had already taken a we had already taken a week or two off simply because of the amount of shows we were doing, mm-hmm. um, and we just didn't have time to get to. Yeah, we had a one crazy weekend. We were at Severed um, on Saturday in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. And yep. then the next day we were in Lake Hepatcong for First Contact, mm-hmm. um, which were both great shows. We had a blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw some really cool movies. Yep. We got a uh, premiere yeah. Knock Knock. Yes, you did. We premiered Knock Knock at, at Severed. That yeah. Was that oh, one. and our and our friend uh, Angie... Hanson and uh, Phil Crawl. There you go. Uh, they won best. Uh, they won audience choice at Severed. So congratulations to them. That yep. was big for them. The first time they ever screened their film, and they walked away with audience it's, choice. It was actually the first film when Angie first moved to New York three years ago. The first film that she worked on was this called the Devil's Cut, mm-hmm. and uh, she, she has a little extra part in it. But she's been working consistently with Phil ever since. Uh, all their all their films, and they actually shoot on eight millimeter and sixteen millimeter. So cool! They actually shoot on film. This was shot on film because Phil's been working on film for so long. He's just he's kind of never stopped. Yeah, lucky guy. So this was so three years ago. They shot this short, and they finally got it finished. Yeah. Now they've done other shorts in the past. They've done other shorts in between Sounds that funny. time and released it and put them out and everything. And and I know that Angie and Phil were both very. Um, Oh man, we just want to get this one out there already, and it was very, very good. I, yeah. I, I liked it a lot. Very right, right up my alley. Yeah, I liked that story a lot. Yeah, it was very cool. It was yeah. very Masters of Horror esque. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So uh, they, so while while I wish we would have won, they won. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it because it was a really good film, and again, they're friends of ours. So. Yep. Uh, so they so they won best film with the, the Devil's Cut. And if you get a chance to see it in a film festival, I mean, mm-hmm. definitely follow Angie Hansen and Phil. Yeah, crawl, crawl. There you go. Um, so definitely check them out. We can put that in show notes or something. Yeah, because we're professionals. I guess so. Um, definitely give them you know a follow and see if you can ca- catch the Devil's Cut mm-hmm. when it comes to a festival near you. Yep. So uh, on to the show. Uh, you called us professionals. <laughs> Pro professionals. Pro professionals. Um, I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that yet. Well, I, I mean, I had a. You're, I had, you're becoming a professional. <laughs> you're, you're almost a professional. I had, I had a big, big. Mm. I mean, not really, I guess it was pretty big. Which is why we say that this was so Badly bad timed. timing for this to happen. Um. You were on Making Movies is Hard. I was. Oh, wow. <laughs> you were on Making Movies is Hard. If you guys are are, are not listeners of Making Movies is Hard, um, you know, don't turn off this episode. But when you're done with us, um, definitely go and find them on your podcast app because these guys are great. I've been listening to them for a long, long time now. Um, I'm actually one of, according to them, one of their longest listeners. Technically, it's me. 
Because I found it and I sent yeah, it to you. Yeah, and then you sent it to me. And I sent it to you. But, but I listened and I tweeted and we yes, made friends on yes. Twitter. Um, so yeah. Timothy and Ulrich um, are two professionals working in the Bay Area. Ulrich Purcell and Timothy Plain. Yep. Yes. Um, they are professionals working in the Bay Area and uh, they have a show which inspired us to do this one, yes. I'd say. Um, theirs is a little bit more... I don't even know. PRO-fessional? PRO-fessional. <laughs> um, they, they, they deal with, a, with emotional roller coaster and a lot of the feelings. Um, and they're, they're working professionals. Yeah, they're working professionals. Yeah, Timothy is a uh, producer for a commercial firm. I don't know if he's ever said it said what it is or not, so. but I'm not sure. I don't know the name of it. But uh, he works as a producer producing commercials, and he's done many big uh, uh, big commercials that I guarantee you've seen. Uh, I believe he's even produced a Super Bowl spot at one point for believe, yeah. for one of the companies that they were. I mean, their their company gets basically you know companies want a commercial done, they come to them to to shoot the commercials, right? And he produces them. Um, he's he actually also, started directing recently. Yep, a yep. couple of the commercials. Uh, he's on his own. He's on his own short films um, as well. Uh, and and uh, Alric is a I guess I guess best word would be freelancer. I guess so. Yeah. He's a freelance uh, cameraman, uh, a, a director, mm-hmm. a producer, mm-hmm. uh, AD. AD. He's done. He's done some scripty work. Yep. 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 Uh, uh, Timothy's done all this stuff as well. They mm-hmm. both they both work in this, but Timothy's focus is mainly for the. Yeah. commercials yeah. you know he gets mostly commercial work and Alric does a lot more freelance on, on indie pro- indie productions some big productions some TV sh- stuff and he's done a couple commercials oh and they recently well. did a music video together which yep. is cool yep uh, so the two of them are uh, this is why we, we call them we call them professionals because people yeah. pay them to do what they do yes. and I think that's what makes that's what makes you a real professional when it becomes your job yeah when you're not when you don't have to go somewhere else nine to five or yeah. whatever you know? hours that you have yeah I mean even not even so I mean even there's still a lot of people who do this and they still work part-time jobs but it's 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 a bulk of your income yeah it's a bulk of your income and, uh, and not not like a small percentage. and a bulk of your time a bulk of your uh, your time and income is coming from uh, making films and commercials and video work in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I think right off the bat, I think that's what would define professional. This mm-hmm. is your job. When people say, "What do you do?" I say, "I make movies," but that's just what I do. Yeah. It's not what pays my rent. It's not what pays my bills. Unfortunately, no. they say they make films and commercials. Yes, it is what pays their bills. Yeah. That's their job. You know. And so we've been listening to them, to them for a while, and they're really great because they kind of. Uh, they do an update of where they are with their careers, and mm-hmm. then they kind of choose they choose a topic and they discuss that, and they kind of keep everybody up to two date. Two years now, for two, two years, yeah. Officially, the I was on their two year anniversary yep. show, episode one hundred and four. Yeah, yep, that's me, one hundred and four. Mm-hmm. Their official two year anniversary episode. So happy anniversary, guys! First off, yep, yep. And um, what was I saying? I don't know where I was going with that. I had a, <laughs> I had a whole flow Sorry. going and you Sorry. threw me off. Sorry, I broke you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, so anyway, yeah, they, 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 they keep you up to date with their, mm-hmm. with their work and what they've been doing and their progress because neither one of them has actually made a no. feature film of their own. They both want to write and direct their own feature films and that's kind of what the show 
uh, is leading toward. Oh, as 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 fans, it's so hard to listen sometimes because yeah. all they want to do is make a feature, and 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 they talk about it all the time, and and you just want to see them make it already. It's yeah. it's sort of like that's why I'm listening to the show now. It's just because I'm I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's their that that's their goal right now. Yeah, that's their goal, and that's what they do in the show, and they kind of update you on their progress. They've had a lot of ups and downs over the course of the last two years, which we followed them, and plenty of lots of other people have followed them. Hey, I remember when they got there. We officially have a thousand <laughs> listeners, right? And they were oh my god, they were so elated. Like and and I remember they said like a year earlier, they had just hit five hundred. Oh man, I hope we can get another five hundred <laughs> by next year, and they did it. Yeah. So awesome. That's awesome. that's so awesome. Uh, I, I think anybody who's making films at any level should listen to their show, uh, not just to help elevate you, but even if you've even if you've moved past it and you're, let's say you're, I mean, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to say like Michael Bay should be listening to them, but he probably should be yeah. in some aspect because uh, much like ours, it's well, not sort of much like ours, but in, in that way, it's going to kind of it, like say, let's say Michael Bay were to listen to it. Or Steven Spielberg or someone like that were to listen to it, kind of maybe remind them where they came from mm-hmm. and remind them of the artistry and the the sacrifice and everything that they went through at the and beginning. And the desire of their, and the hunger. Yes, the hunger. Exactly. The hunger that was at the beginning of their career to do this. Yes. You know? Um where uh, we were just watching uh, uh, what Silicon Valley and mm-hmm. he just said the same thing to him he said you know you make one compromise after another after another and next thing you know you can't remember where you started anymore yeah. and I know that there's a lot of directors and, and producers and camera and people over the years who've done that and yeah. 20 years 20 30 years into their career they look back and they say how the hell did I get here yeah. how am I so miserable doing what I love doing because you made all those compromises you forgot where you started yeah. and what made you want to do this in the first place those little compromises you made because at the moment it was the right decision to make right but every so often you need to be reminded where you started so that this way you can still do what you want to do the way you want to do it yeah you know, um, it's a small part of it. It's just a small thing. That's something that I, I would take from it if I was, you know, in that in that upper echelon Hollywood <laughs> level now. Right. I'd look at it and say, sometimes you need, like Robert Rodriguez still runs his own damn camera. Mm-hmm. He still edits his own movies. He's still doing it all. Yeah. On, on every level of film that he's been at, he, he touches still, everything. He exactly. His hands are in everything of that film and I think that he never truly forgets what it's like to be down there. Yeah. So when he's got a cameraman, he looks over and he sees his cameraman that they're shooting out in the desert and his cameraman is sweating his head off and he's pouring water on his head, he's standing right next to him doing it as well. Right. He's not sitting in video you know, village video under village a tent 50 feet away with exactly. a fan on him. Exactly. He's not doing that. He's yeah. always reminded of where he started because that's just the way he's positioned himself to be. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have moved past that. But anyway, to 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 retract back to where we where we started <laughs> on this, yeah. Uh, first off, yes. When this episode is done, go. If you haven't heard them, check out "Making Movies Is Hard" and, and go back and start listening to some of their episodes. Some amazing, amazing uh, interviews and, and discussions that they've had. Yeah, um, and I mean, and, and I think that's uh, you know, listening to them is kind of what what gave birth to filmmaking sucks. Um, I think that you and I kind of, we've had so many conversations based off of this podcast and, mm-hmm. and a lot of their conversations have, you know, given us more and more to discuss yeah. between the two of us. 
And we both, I think we both walked away kind of feeling like this is great. It's a great resource, but there's still not, there's still a something missing. Yeah. There's still a, an audience and, yeah. and, and, and you're not talking to the people who have the nine to five job, the people who have never done this, people who are just starting out, the people who literally have mm-hmm. nothing. Um, and that's pretty much where filmmaking sucks was born. Yeah. Uh, I think we mentioned this in our mission statement episode, <laughs> how that's kind of where it came from. Just wanting to talk to those people yeah. you know, and, and give them those beginners tips. And uh, um, I think even we kind of lost that a little bit yeah. in some of our things where we just were doing a regular filmmaking podcast. We weren't mm-hmm. being very specific about, no. about things. We kind of went very broad real yeah, fast we, and we're only a few episodes in. So it shows how easily you can just get derailed when you're trying to, make something and you want it to get a little bit bigger and you want it, you want a little bit of a broader audience but mm-hmm. you have to remember too that your audience that started is what you're aiming at and you have to kind of keep yeah keep at it toward I that. mean I think a lot of I mean recently we've had a lot of discussions and we've had a lot of guests on the show mm-hmm. and um it's been great talking mm-hmm. to them and I think you know I know that we've had a couple of people reach out to us from the writers process mm-hmm. episode which was uh with Scott Perry yep and it seems that a lot of people enjoyed that discussion with him um, but I think that you and I are going to go back into yeah. what we started. Yeah. So a little bit more of an informational session. Yeah. Let's get back to giving you some, <laughs> giving you some, some, something to learn. Some knowledge. Yes. Let's drop some knowledge bombs. <laughs> <laughs> As another podcast host that we listen to would say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you went on their show, uh-huh. uh, you said they were doing, it was their episode 104 and they were doing listener call-ins. Yes. So they, they wanted to pick a couple of their longest time listeners mm-hmm. and have them talk on the show. Now, what's different about this is the fact that normally when you go, when we, in our, in our experience, yeah. Andy, when we go onto a podcast, people are talking to us. They want to hear about our work and what we've done. Yes. Okay. And we, we, we've done a number of interviews with different shows, and, yes. and, you know, and, and usually you you have a project that you're pushing or mm-hmm. you have a focus sort yeah. of. That yeah. you're gonna... And, and they were happy to hear yeah. about your projects, but. Mm-hmm. No, they the were fo- completely supportive of it. Oh, yeah. totally. But. The focus of the interview. Well, they, they reached out and they, they asked me what I wanted to talk about. And what I really wanted to talk about was getting them to make a freaking movie already. Because mm-hmm. I'm a producer. I, I just need to stick like my, you said, reminding my hands them, in things. <laughs> yeah, reminding them what they started this for. Yes. You know? And, um, and so you knowing you were going to be interviewed on a podcast went into the normal... Uh, research mode. Your research, kind of your research mode, but at yeah. the same time explaining how you do things. Yes. Okay, which is sort of what they were looking for, but not entirely what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's a, it was their listener call-in episode, and it seems that they were more looking for what people have been getting out of the show, yeah. why they listen to the show, how the show can be improved. You know, talking toward them of what. Yeah, yeah. What you feel about them and their show and their work? Because you've you've been on this wild ride with them for almost yes. two years, and some you know, length of yeah. time and they wanted to kind of get some feedback and have a discussion about the show itself. Mm-hmm. And maybe part of them wanted to be reminded. Yeah. You know, uh, but because you weren't really, you know, you don't know what you're going in for. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I prepared a whole big spiel about mm-hmm. budgeting and, and, and how we do things and, yeah. and like, do it, just do it mm-hmm. guys. <laughs> so one of your main points to them was that, um, They've been doing the professional level for yes. so long. 
mm-hmm. that the reason why they can't get their one of the reasons why yeah. they can't get their films done um, is the same reason that damn near every filmmaker has out there. Perfectionist. Forget perfection. <laughs> beyond perfectionist. We start writing a script and it gets bigger, bigger and bigger and, bigger and, and bigger. bigger. And next thing we know, we're sitting here staring at a million dollar script and we're like, okay, I, I have $10,000. Yeah. You know, I got 10 grand and a part time job. Hmm. I can never make this script. And then that script ends up being thrown under your desk somewhere in a pile of other ideas that you had that you're probably, yeah. let's let's hope not, but you're probably never going to be able to afford. Right. Mm-hmm. Our opinion of it was that they've been working on this professional level for so long. Yeah. Uh, with like companies like, let's say, uh, Cheetos. He's doing mm-hmm. a Cheetos commercial. Right. If they want to make a $700,000 commercial, then fuck, so be it. Yeah. They're going to make a $700,000 commercial. And he's going to produce well, it. Well, I mean, they're also and working going to be you know, no... with professionals and, well, and, and but, professional salaries well, that need course. to get covered. Not, and... Of course. It's not about why it costs $700,000. No. It's the fact that if they want to make that much, if they want to spend that much on a commercial, then they damn well will. Right. And they don't have a problem spending it. Like, well, well that's what they said it cost. All right, fine. Mm-hmm. If you can get it to six hundred, we'll be even happier. Yeah. But if it costs seven hundred, then so be it. Right. And if you go over a little bit in post, yeah, they'd be a little. But the money is still there. Yeah. If yeah. it becomes necessary to go over that budget, they can. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so while they may be locked into it, they can still push a little bit, right? If, if absolutely necessary. Yeah. Although it's Timothy's job to keep it <laughs> to keep it under there. All right. Um, but. Our opinion was that they've been working at that level for so long, Mm -hmm. they kind of forgot what it was like that 10, 15 years ago when they started this, doing things for favors, doing stuff for free, asking people, can you help me out? Beg, barter, and steal. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Beg, borrow, barter, and steal. Precisely. They kind of lost that and they don't know how to get back to that. And I can totally understand that. I can totally understand that because what we were doing 10 years ago, our our first short film was literally shot on the week of Christmas (laughs) in our basement. I was the actress. You were an actor. Exactly. You know, with a little handheld camera, we didn't even have a tripod, so we just made it a found footage piece. You know, and we made we made blood out of out of uh, a thin sauce. We made we made excuse me uh, uh, guts out of sausage that we bought at the disgusting. Yeah, we bought sausage at the store for for eight dollars. You know, and 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 threw some colored water in there. Threw some colored water (laughs) into a Ziploc bag, put it under her shirt. We cut it open and we eviscerated her. Yep. Okay, and we shot a ten minute. A ten minute and, scene, uh, which yeah, which, which ended up unusable. being so useless, <laughs> it was so unusable. We edited it down into a minute long trailer for a movie that we never, never made. made. No, okay, so it was one of those like that's this cost us all of fifteen dollars yeah. to shoot our first short film. Yeah, you know, and, and then I remember we got the the Canon XHA one, and we got mm-hmm. the oh we went out we shot it we shot a film. And we ran out and we went out, I went out with three, four of our friends. We got on the subways and we shot on the trains and we we had weird, tricky camera work. And all it cost me on the two days it cost us, the two days that we shot, all it cost us was the little bit of costuming we gave to the two actors. 
Which is pretty much we had stuff laying Which around. Which was stuff we had laying around, exactly. Yeah. I think I bought some ties for it. Yeah. You know? We had your grandfather's hat and yeah. you somebody's know? jacket. And and the lunch that it the lunch that I bought them for shooting. The pizza that you <laughs> Yeah, exactly. For the, the pizza, a couple of slices of pizza I bought them at 3 a.m. Yeah. After we got off the trains. Yeah. And that's what it cost us. And whatever blood we had laying around the house that yeah. we used. You whatever know? leftover Halloween so, stuff we had. So yeah. at most, we got a 15 minute short that we shot for, for about 100 bucks. Yeah. In total. I think I died in that one, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, I can't imagine going back to that no, point. No, From where we've, from where we've, I can't imagine going back to making a 15-minute short for $100. I dread ever having to go back yeah, to Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I can totally understand how them working at these super high budget levels yeah. can't imagine making a 90-minute making a film no. for $20,000 or $10,000 or even, as some people we know, $2,000. Yeah. You know, I can totally understand where they don't get it. Right. Like, how how is that even possible? Favors. Yeah. That's it. It's favors. It's, so it's 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 favors working together. Mm-hmm. It's uh, um one of the big things that I love, and I'm just gonna go on a real quick side note here, and I'm gonna loop it back. I promise. Um. One thing that everybody should listen to, and again, don't turn us off, but you know, once you're done with this, go and listen to Mark Duplass's uh, South by Southwest keynote speech mm. from a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, I had no idea that our methodology, our mindset, could so beautifully be put together and explained, but he did it. Yeah. And um, I like to go back. I listen to it probably once every six months or so. I go back and I listen to it. Just to remind yourself. Just to remind myself. Um, He's really big about finding a tribe. Um, Finding a group of people that you're going, that you want to move upward Mm -hmm. with. Like a comedy troupe Mm -hmm. that works together and they all write everything together and they work together. They do shows together and whatever it takes to get the show moving. Yeah. They all take a part in it. Yeah, I mean, there's so many examples of this. Mm-hmm. Like, really, when you apply it, I mean, uh, Kevin Smith and Scott Moj- yep. Mojer, 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 Mojer. Um, you know, they were in film school together, and uh, you know, Kevin Smith was not happy with film school and how it was going, and they made a deal with one another that whoever finished their script first was going to make. Well, the other one was going to help them make it, mm-hmm. and it was Clerks, yep. and that's where Clerks came from. And they've been together working on yep. every single project since. And he's the producer. Yep. Scott Bozier has been his producer ever since. Since the beginning, He's yeah. always been there, you know? Stanley Kubrick had two or three people. Mm-hmm. He had the same, he had a costumer that he worked with all the time, a cameraman yep. that he worked with all the time, a reader, his wife was his yep. reader. Yep. You know, when he had ideas for, oh, books would come in or something, yeah, she, she would, would literally just... read it for him <laughs> and, and she... tell him whether it was going to be worth it for him to... Just like I do for you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> tell him if it was going to be worth it because he's got so many other things yeah. he's doing well, what's going to be the next one? She's already looking for the next one yeah. that he's going to want to be involved in. Mm-hmm. And much like you, she loved reading. <laughs> Just read one book after another. Yeah. So it's like when you find that one, it's like, oh, he'll love well, this. Yeah, and none of that. And there's mean, more to when, it. When you have an artist, like an artist is going to get obsessed with, with, with something, with a project. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, if, if, you, if it's not going to be feasible, mm-hmm. get it off the ground. Don't give it to him and let yeah. him fall in love with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he falls in love with it, we're going to go... We can't do this. Head over no, heels. Stanley, like Stanley, he, Stanley, his Napoleon down, project. Yeah. For 20 years, he was trying to get a Napoleon project off the ground and it never happened. Right. So it's almost like he was obsessed. He, was, and he became he fixated had, on things. Anybody who's seen the documentary uh, Kubrick's Boxes yeah. will see he had 
tons and tons. He had so much stuff that he was collecting mm-hmm. for this film that he never made. Which is a shame. You know? Anyway, we're going to get away from Cooper. Yes, yeah. Before you get lost. Hmm. So, anyway. So, before yeah. the interview, you had an idea of what you wanted to talk about yes. and you had a whole breakdown. I have a whole list. Which, which you didn't get, which you didn't really get into in the no. podcast because again, it's their show. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to take, take over, take over and, 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 and yeah. running things. So the main thing you wanted to talk to them about was exactly this, be taking that million dollar script that they've got sitting there mm-hmm. and figuring out, can it be shot for twenty, thirty thousand dollars right. micro budgeting the hell out of that script. What are you paying a million dollars for? Does it need it? Do you need to shoot Well, I mean, we're making this a lot bigger. <laughs> I can't I can't do a show or, you know, a speech on like how to micro budget your well, script. No, because it's all but different. That's, yes, of but course. The, the of process course. Of, of bringing down a budget, how getting I getting yourself in the you mindset I, of how you Yeah, and how you and I have found our methods or mm-hmm. our techniques of, of bringing our budgets down and getting things done. Yeah. Um, so that's what I will call this. Yeah. Micro-budgeting your script. Micro-budgeting your script. All right. So, number one, like I said just before, was number one is finding your tribe. Now, you and I, we work with a group of probably seven or eight different groups of filmmakers. Uh-huh. Um, and it, I don't know if it's unique. A lot of people say that it's unique, um, our little community here. I don't think it is. I think it's just we haven't found the other communities yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's seven or eight of us, and we all kind of work together. Um, well... No, we all kind of work as separate little units. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, there's a producing partner team. Yeah. There's a producing partnership. Like um, us. Yeah, like us. Like us. Um, and they'll, they'll work on their projects individually. And, and once the, the project comes up, then they kind of send out the feelers and, and kind of call everybody in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so for example, uh, Devereaux Films is one of our... Mm-hmm. Our partnerships that we work with for years that was Patrick and uh, and Chris Murphy. Yep, Pat Devaney and Chris Murphy worked together. Everything that they did, mm-hmm. Pat was generally the director, and well, Pat was always a director, yeah. and Murph was, Murph, the Murph was the producer. Yeah, and they worked together to get Pat's scripts out and done. Now they were with Zombie Hunters. They wrote they wrote the scripts together. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they had another writer that. Showered, unfortunately, but nonetheless, doesn't matter. Right. Um, they continued working together, and they got that series out. Right. So then they they would they would get so just as an example to walk people through. Um, this is a, a television series, so it's a little bit different than a movie. Mm-hmm. But they would get an episode uh, to a point that they were ready to produce. Mm-hmm. They would reach out. They would find their own locations. They would well. Well, the way they did the show mm-hmm. was they wrote twenty episodes yeah. first. They wrote twenty episodes. And they knew what was going to happen. So if they had one location that they were going to come back to five months from then, right. that's what they would do. They picked the locations that they could get the easiest and use and get the most out of right, right off the bat. Right. So there was stuff that they shot around for when they were doing episode two. They shot stuff for episode oh, five yeah, and six. Yeah. There was stuff during six. There's stuff right now. I mean, and that show started 10 years ago. They started doing this. Mm-hmm. There's stuff right now that they shot before they met us seven years, eight, not, well, eight, no, wow, nine years ago. Nine almost years now. ago. <laughs> yeah. So Zombie Hunter is almost 12 years old around, yeah, right? Yeah, right? I'm assuming. Was it? No, 2007 was the first episode. We met them in 2009. Yeah, I thought we met them in 2006. Was it really? 
No, no, no. I had already graduated when we met them. Yeah, right, 2007 right, was their first episode. Yeah. We met them in 2009. Right. And there was stuff that they shot before they even met us that's going into future episodes right. now. Right. You know? So right. that's how efficient they were in what they were shooting. Yeah, when you have a location, you shoot everything you possibly can at the yes. location. Yeah. So that's that's not that's a tip that you should just keep in your pocket for now. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, they'll they'll put together their production for the most part. And then they'll probably reach out to us. Usually, you run camera, and usually I'm assistant director. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Louie is usually another camera, and uh, Mark Boutros, a friend of theirs, is is the is third. Their, is their main is their camera. first camera? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So they'll reach out. We'll all agree on a date and we'll all lock it down, you know, usually a couple of weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a backup rain date as well. Yep. You know, so we hold those, those both on our, on our calendars. Uh, we get the script in advance. We get a shot list. Um, we kind of go over it. And on the day of, you know, we've been working with each other long enough now that we pretty much know what we're getting into going into it <laughs> as a cameraman i know what pat's looking for yeah and uh having worked with mark and louis for so long we all know how each other work yeah uh um we know that we know that uh, a lot of the time boutros will generally be on uh, like a tripod or camera rig of some type mm-hmm. me and louis are usually bouncing around in monopods yeah and usually how we balance well, balance you guys out is uh boutros focuses on wide shots and close-ups yeah. And then you and Louie, are wide shots and medium shots, and then you and Louie kind of do the cross shots. Yes. Um, and we that's break pretty down, typical yeah. for a three-camera production. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we break down his shot list to correlate that. Right. Um, so then, you know, day of, we all just kind of do our assigned positions. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, why do we do this? Because eventually we're going to have another pro- or our own projects that we're trying to get up and running. and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pat's been my AD when I couldn't be, or Pat's been my second when we've had, you know, crowd scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been a location manager for us. Murph's been a location manager for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Louis, Louis, uh, Louis's always been, my always second been our second camera. It's always been in every project we almost, well, up until recently, the little shorts we've done, but mm-hmm. yeah, up until these couple shorts, Louis's always been my second camera on every project we've ever done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've been his DP on his, on on his feature film yep. and a couple of his shorts before that as well. Yep. So it's it's a relationship that we built. Unfortunately, we've never actually shot really any of our projects with Boutros on camera. No, we haven't. We should do that one day. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. When we shoot in Jersey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and, and it, 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 you know, this is not something that we do for profit. Mm. You know, uh, we, it really is just about helping one another out yeah. and, um, and, and being able to, to staff our crews. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the focus of everything. Um, and what Mark Duplass says about this is, is this is going to be your crew. You find people you can work with, and you, you work with a ton of different people. I mean, you know, we've met people on Patrick's sets that we've brought onto our sets. Um, you know, Mike Scardillo, who does a lot of our props and our special effects. We've yep. met him through them. Um, you know, Louie, we met Sarah through. Sarah has been super great at sound and being our set photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, we reconnected with Emily. Reconnected with Emily. Helps us in makeup now. Yeah. Um, so it really is, it, it, it's working with people, giving yourself the opportunity to work with new people, meet new people and build the crew bigger and bigger and yep. bigger. Because these are the people that you may not be able to take care of them now, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but the next time around you're going to try your hardest to get yeah but them. The, yeah the point is that when you do have a budget where you yes. can pay everybody and you can make sure that everybody's getting what they what they deserve for it these are the first people you're going to call mm-hmm. yeah like if i get hired I've, I've had quite a few times where people have wanted me to work on a project and they had a bit of a budget. Unfortunately, it never, it, yeah. you know, the projects fell through, but that's pretty, that happens a lot. Yeah. That happens oh, a yeah. hell of a lot more than most people would think. <laughs> yeah. You know, so if your project falls through, don't. No, don't, you're not alone. Yeah. It happens all the time. <laughs> uh, but the first thing I do is say, well, can I bring on this person? Can I bring on that person? Mm-hmm. You know, um, we had, um, we had Dave Gashman who did the special effects on Theta States. Uh, he gave me, we had, we had a price and we had a price that we worked on based on a certain amount of work. And through the course of working on it, there were other things that he saw he could fix. Because post always has, always, yes, always, yes. post always increases. Exactly. <laughs> he saw other things through the course of the film. He's like, well, you know, you really kind of, you really should do this and you really should do that. Maybe we can add this. And he did them. Without adding any cost. Right. He didn't add extra... Just because it, it helped the final product. Yes. And his name was on the final product. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how he looked at it. He's like, well, if I don't finish this now, then this movie's never going to get done, and all the work I put into it is totally useless. So mm-hmm. let me just do this for him. Right. And when he was done, he gave it to me. He did a whole bunch of extra work for nothing. Huh. You know, and I didn't even ask him to. He just said, look, I'll take I care of it. I fixed this. I fixed yeah. this. You know. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't worry about it. I took care of it. It just drives me crazy. I just had to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> Within a month, I got him three jobs from other people who, like, I'm like, well, now I got to pay this guy back somehow. I got to figure it out. And, and, you know, the universe heard me. Yeah. The universe heard me and sent people. People started asking me after seeing Theta Stacy. They said, hey, who's your effects guy? And I got him three jobs off of that alone. Right. So that's going to bring me to my next topics. So number one is find your tribe. Yep. Find your tribe, people who you're going to work with, people mm-hmm. who you want to come up with, mm-hmm. people that you can barter services with. You know, if you, if you need to go and, and hold a clipboard for a day and just kind of AD and kind of keep somebody on track, yep. that same guy can come on to yours and keep you on and track do the as same well. Thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, so then let's lead into, I'm going to a little out of order here, but um, see your movie as an opportunity. And okay. I think that's that's what you're kind of talking about with David, um, you know, where it's because he worked with us and he helped us, mm-hmm. you know, you when you were given the opportunity, when somebody else asked you, well, where'd you get your effects work yep. done? You know, I'm looking for an effects guy. Oh, you know what? I got this guy. He's great. Mm-hmm. Here you go. And, and, and that's part of building up the tribe. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the next step of, of, of what we want to do where it's, you know, I've had people contact me where I, you know, I used to do makeup years and years ago and, and I did the makeup for blood slaughter and, and, you know, sometimes people still come up and they ask me, you know, I'd love to have you come and do makeup. Like I, I really don't do that anymore. My kit is covered in dust. Um, but here's who I would recommend. Yeah. But we and, had, we had three other makeup artists yeah. on the movie. So yeah. here. Let me give you her number, his number, her number. Yeah. Call them. They still work. They still do makeup. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and don't be afraid. I mean, a lot of these times, you know, and, and, and you know, when somebody else comes, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to pitch a day raid for them, you know, because that's what you do. You do the right thing. You step up by your friend and say, you know, listen, this is, you know, what you're going to do. This is what they generally, yeah. you know? So give your friend a hand and, 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 um, you know, we've had a lot of success and we've worked with a lot of really talented people. And I think it's because um, we've had that attitude where it's, you, know, you see things as an opportunity. For example, Cat uh, Martin, our makeup artist on Blood Slaughter. And she, Theta States. And Theta States and, and mastectomy, mastectomy and Brain People. Yep. And she's been our makeup artist through most of our recent projects. Um, 
And she started with us with Blood Slaughter. Um, I had worked at a haunted house with her, and she was kind of starting makeup. She was um, kind of being an apprentice to a professional makeup artist that we both knew from the haunted house and um, was looking to build up her resume. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't have any feature films or anything under her belt at the time that we brought her on for Blood Slaughter. And Zombie Hunters, too. And Zombie Hunters. Brought her on to Zombie Hunters, too. Yep. Um, and it was Mike actually was looking for help and he's like, okay, well, we said, well, we have, we know this other makeup artist. She's willing to help. Yeah. She's willing to help. And, uh, you know, she actually had never worked with latex and, uh, and paper towels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. The back, the, that yeah. big thing in the that beginning of blood slaughter yeah. is just paper towels and latex. Yeah. That's and, it. and I mean, she, she knocked it out of the park with that. Mm -hmm. Um, not a seam to be found on that back. Not a thing. Rip the oh. girl's back open with paper towels and latex, and you couldn't find a could not find no a single seam. You it couldn't looked amazing. See um, so yeah, I mean, and just the fact that we were willing to give uh, her a chance, you know, I think she's she's kind of stuck with us through through most of our projects after that, you know, mm -hmm. and and she's been willing to work with us on, on a number of different things, not just price, but uh, you know, experimenting different supplies. Uh, you know, mastectomy, she made us um, amazing silicone um, prosthetics. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of that was all custom work done by her, you know, and it, it took a lot more time and energy and effort, but she, it gave her a reason to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and somebody else she met on Zombie Hunters was Janine Maloney, mm -hmm. who, and now, and then Janine moved to New Arizona, Mexico. New Mexico yeah. a couple of years ago, and she's been working as a makeup artist, and she got herself a job working on the new horror film, Eyes of My Mother. Yep. And when she had to shoot, she called Kat in. They were shooting in Long Island, they and shooting. they asked, yep. you know, do you know any makeup artists in Long Island? And she just happened to, you know, Kat. So she called Kat up, and they, they did a lot of the, ma the makeup, well... I don't Jeanine know. I don't know how much. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how much of the movie they did or not. But yes, they both worked on Eyes of My Mother, which is huge everywhere, <laughs> everywhere right, now. right now. It's on Netflix. You know, so we have a makeup artist who started with us in Blood Slaughter. Now just worked yeah, on a big. They met what on, is they it? Met I have on, seen Midnight. I think film now. I believe so. Yeah, and and they met on the Zombie Hunter set. Yep. You know, they and, were, and they met on of on a set that they were volunteering on, didn't get paid for. Yeah. Not five years ago. Right. Five years ago, they were doing that. Now they're here doing this, and incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah, you know. So you never know the connections that you're going to make, and and the opportunities that people are going to find um, on different sets. Mm -hmm. You you know that's and that's what you need to do. You need to see your your film as an opportunity. Yeah. Um, I'm not, you know, and it, it seems like such a scam. And yeah, people have 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 scammed using this for of course. You know, course. since the beginning of film. But it really can be an opportunity. Yeah. You know, you really are and meeting a lot of people who are just starting out, who are just starting to have budgets, that are just starting to figure things out. You never know who you're going to meet on those sets, where it's going to lead. And then you got the other part of it, too, that happens everywhere, which is happened on, happens on upper levels as well as the low levels, where if we're doing a project, mm -hmm. you know, and um, we have a very, very, we're like, we really want to get this done, thing done, and we just cannot get the money for it you know yeah. these are still people who we can call even though they do these other big films now yeah you know they're willing to come down in price for us because we've always worked together and right. if i tell them or you tell them i really don't have the money for this you're not trying to screw them mm -hmm. you truthfully just don't have it yeah you know, and it's one of those things like, can you do us the favor? And they, and okay, cool. They're yeah. willing to work with us yeah. on a lot of that mm -hmm. because they started with us. We all started doing this together. Right. And that's how you have 
That's how you build Bruce a relationship. Willis. Yeah. That's how you have Bruce Willis working for free on a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. Because they have that relationship where he's like, you know what? The union doesn't like it. I don't give a shit. I want to do this damn movie and that's my friend. I'm going to go do this movie yeah. with my friend whether they like it or not. Yeah. And that's how you get that. Yeah. That's how you build you know? a relationship. You, 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 you have, to, I mean, yeah, you know, it's so hard to be like on both sides of this argument. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to do the right thing. Yeah, exactly. I'm not talking about taking advantage no. of them. No, you have to do the right no. thing. I mean, that's that's how this works. The ability, when you do the right thing, the you ability know? for them to be willing to do that for us is because of the fact that they know we'll do we're right not taking advantage yeah. of them. Yeah. They know we're not doing this to take advantage. It's just okay. We want to make a film, and hey, if they don't even if they don't like the project, they say no. Like yeah. you know what? I no, I don't like no, this. No, I, I don't really care for it. This isn't the type of thing. All and right. you have to respect that. Yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, because because when you do something that you don't love and you're not passionate about, you're not going to do a, as good a job as you would as something that you really truly care about. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I mean that even even when you and I go on to a set, you know, I think it's like when uh, one of the first times we helped out Mario. Um, and we went down for a spies files. We were having lunch with my parents, not mm-hmm. 20 minutes from his, from his location. Mm-hmm. And we told him that we would just stop by, you know? Yeah. And so we kind of stopped by and we walked in and he was looking lost. You know? he, was at, he, had, he had some people cancel on him and the, the location opened later than he expected it to. He had a lot of issues that things just compounded one after another after another. Right. The things that happened yeah. to everybody. So by the time we got there, he was already two hours behind. Yeah. So uh, I just grabbed his his production binder and I grabbed his clipboard and and you grabbed the camera you had your camera with you yeah and um, yeah because we had just done some stuff for for theta yeah we were picking we were doing, doing some, some pickups. pickups. And uh, just you grabbed your camera and I grabbed his clipboard and we just jumped on in and 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 got him caught up to the point you know that we could before yeah. we had to leave again. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what you do. I mean, you help each other out. I mean, it it, it seems so simple of a concept. And it's, and it's, yeah, I mean, every once in a while I like to get paid, you know, I'd yes. like, I'd like to, I'd like to have some, some yeah. money in my hand. Yeah, we're not, I'm not, I'm not advocating, <laughs> we're not advocating at all to have everybody work for free in no. all your films because you know what? That's just not, not right. Realistic. It's your project. It's not realistic. It's your project. You can't expect everybody to give their 100% all the time when you're just, when they're doing it for free for you. There comes a point when the favors run out. Okay, so we're not saying this is this is the way to make your films forever. No. Eventually, this is how to make your first. <laughs> yeah, this is how to make exactly. This is how you how you get your first one done. Yeah, that's it. And and based on that, you move up. All right, we made we made we did blood slaughter for what thirteen thousand. Yeah, this time, all right. Well, we're gonna we, the movie itself was smaller, but it became bigger because of the post that went into it and the sound that went into it and everything else that went. It became bigger. We needed a bigger budget yeah. for a film that was on paper smaller. Yeah, may, way smaller. Way smaller. I but, mean, so but we could have we could have gone we could have gotten a whole bunch of new actors who we'd never worked with before mm-hmm. and paid them the lower rates that we paid people for the first movie. Oh, 20 bucks a day or $50 a day or something. Oh, we'll, we'll cover it. But we didn't. No. Because we're past that point already. No. We've already done that once. We can't do it again. Well, for because, example, you know... Because our favors run out. I mean, I'm just using examples from our own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had Samantha, who was Blood Slaughter Massacre. She played Riley, Reagan... Reagan. Reagan. Um, and she, very small mm-hmm. sort of role. Um 
and she did a great job on it and she was a trooper through all the different shoots and you know we really enjoyed working with her so when brain people came around we ended up moving her up and giving her a lead role which is yep. one of her firsts yep um so she went from from getting a speaking role a small speaking role in blood slaughter to actually becoming one of our mm-hmm. leads in brain people yeah um you know we we actually called her back for theta for some pickup shots that we needed as well yeah. Um, and she was more than willing to come down and she had a great time putting on the costume and doing crazy yeah. wacky things for Theta. Um, but it's the opportunity that we what we gave her where it was, you know, she kind of put up with, with a smaller role and the chaos of having our first feature mm-hmm. in production. Yeah. She stuck with us through it all and to reward her and to thank her, we gave mm-hmm. her a lead role because a, we, we thought she could handle people, it. And then Louie gave her a lead role in yeah. Good Day as well. Yeah. You know, so now this is Louis's first film, which is being done this same way, favors and, and, and borrowing and bartering and, 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 bartering and begging and everything. Yeah. So, she, but, but now he's offering her a lead role. Mm-hmm. So, okay, he may still not have the money for it, but it's a bigger role. Yeah. She's got her own character poster for the film. Her name is going to be on the, uh, going to be a lead of, of the five or six leads of the movie because it's, it's more of an ensemble cast. Right. But she's one of the main characters of the film. Right. You know? And while, while there was very, very little in the, in the form of, of compensation going between us, she opportunities the opportunity being... was there and she didn't have she she doesn't have any other roles hmm. you know she wasn't she was she hadn't worked in anything else yet yeah. so it's like we gave her well, an I mean, opportunity to show school, what she now could she's do. graduating yes, from exactly. school with two with two lead roles under his belt exactly you know um and a movie and one of the movies that she was in and a budweiser commercial now. and a budweiser commercial um <laughs> you know another you know and i and i know we're talking about bartering services um Another thing I wanted to bring up, you know, because it sounds like, yeah, we help each other out. So most of the time when we have a feature um, or we have a project at all, our, usually our crew positions are pretty filled up or we have a, I don't even know what the word is, a directory, a pool of people that we can reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anywhere from people who are willing just to, you know, come down, lend a hand, be a grip, be an extra set of hands, yeah. um, handle food, which is amazing when you can have somebody who is willing to just yep. come down and help you with food. Um you just get, you know, we have, a, we have a pool of people that we can contact. Are A, are you available this day? B, would you be, you know, willing to do this? Help me out with this. Um, you know, most of the time we try and get everybody transpo. Um, you know, yep. especially if it's it's location. You if can't we got to get in the car and train. pick them up ourselves, we do it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it, I mean, it shouldn't cost them anything to help us. Yeah. I and mean, that's how we kind of feel. But now what you want to do is you want to talk about how do we apply this to what Timothy and Ulrich are doing well. Uh, well, yeah. I, one of the one of the other things I want to yeah, um, bartering. Yeah. Bartering is not just between the filmmakers, where it's like I'll help you on your pro- your project yeah. and you help me. Um, Mike Roach, um, mm-hmm. he has done a couple a number of projects with us, mm-hmm. and a lot of the times um, we helped him back out by uh, editing his reel. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had a, the opening. The opening scene in Theta States um, was an optional scene. It was like a stinger scene that wasn't totally connected to the rest of the movie. It was just kind of a setup. But I was afraid that the movie itself might be too short based on the script. So I so I wrote an open opening like eight minute scene just to kind of fluff it out a little bit, just in case I was only looking at seventy minutes or so. I wanted a little bit longer of a film. So I wrote this opening scene that didn't totally connect, but was the same okay, here's a precursor to what may happen, what's going to happen later in the film. And I talked to him about it. I said, you know, I actually wanted him originally to be the lead of Theta, but he right. was he was having a kid and they were moving to LA and 
the schedule just wasn't going to work. It didn't work there. So I said, well, look, I still want to work with you one last time. We got him in. And I said, all right, let's shoot this thing. What would you do for the day? He says, well, I, I need a reel edited. I'm moving to LA and I'm I need moving, a reel. <laughs> exactly. So in exchange for him working the day of shooting, for, and we even did a second day of, of pickups mm-hmm. for it as well, in exchange for that, I edited together a reel for him, yeah. which he ended up, um, I, don't know if, I don't know if he has an agent yet. I don't no. know if he, I think he does now. Yeah, I think he does. But um, he started taking a uh, an acting class out in LA yeah. and the uh, acting coach said this is one of the better reels that he's seen. Yeah. You know, a lot of the footage on there is stuff that we've shot with him. Hmm? You know, and I mean, now again, on his IMDb, you know, he's credited as the short film and he's credited in the feature film because right. it was shot for the feature film, but then right. I took it since it didn't end up in the feature, we released it as a short. So he's actually got two credits out of that, right. which looks good when you're looking for an agent. And that's the sort of thing when we say you're working for credit, that's the type of credit that actually does help in certain areas. Now, I know that we all say this work for credit. Well, you know what? Credit doesn't pay my rent. Hmm. You're right. But credit can help you get an agent. It can help you get other roles. It can help you. There is a limit to what that credit will get you. Right, right. (laughs) There is a limit to it. As long as it's being used for that specific purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you need an agent, you need you're you're moving out there. You need uh, all I mean, right. Also, to then the this will help I mean, you with that. Uh, you know, I think that we also helped him out with um with some scenes that he was he yep. was shooting. You, we shot a you couple. Shot his engagement. <laughs> yeah, and and he had and he won also wanted to show more of his diversity as an actor. Right. So he came over to the house and we shot three separate scenes that he right. wrote just scenes. Different lighting, different this, different that. So they look like they were parts of different projects just to show them on, for specifically for the purpose of putting them on his reel. Right. So what we're talking about here then, um, you know, if you have an actor and, and you can't pay them um, or you can't pay them as much as you wanted to, mm-hmm. um, you can offer them, you know, A, I'll edit your reel. Mm-hmm. B, I'll shoot some scenes for your reel. I'll help mm-hmm. you shoot some scenes. Um you have a light kit and a camera, you can shoot their headshots. Yep. Um, you know, these are all things that you can you can offer in exchange. Yeah, something of. that they're gonna have to pay somebody else to do. Yeah. You can do this for I mean, free headshots for them. are very expensive. I mean, yep. we're talking a couple hundred dollars for, for your headshots, you know, yeah. uh, having to pay somebody to edit your reel. Yeah. Could be and a then it's hundred. just and then it's just up to them to take it somewhere and have the have the photos printed. But that's not impossible. No. That's not difficult to have done now. Yeah. Hell, at this point, you can if you have yourself a good printer, you can print out some really good looking headshots. Mostly, yeah, at if home. you if you're working in an office, printed the office. You yeah, know, use you the know? fancy printer. Yeah. So these are things. Uh, like okay, so you were talking um, when you talk about Timothy and Ulrich. Um, their projects have a lot of CG. Yeah. Okay. Now they both work with, they've both worked in the past with CG houses before. Right. Okay. And they know what these CG houses will cost, you yes. know, some couple hundred bucks a day, right. sometimes a thousand dollars a day, whatever. And because these this- are big CG houses, because as we've learned, CG artists, um, they don't do everything. No. You have, some artists that do landscapes and some of them that do animations, some of them that do smoke and fire and things like that, some of them that do water. And that's what it is. When you're hiring a CG house, you're hiring seven different artists that all have a specialty to to make everything. That's why it's so expensive. 
Um, at the lower levels, you find a lot of CG artists that will do a little bit of everything just so that they can get that work in mm-hmm. order to get hired by a or CG Or just an house. individual artist who's just trying to build up their resume and their portfolio. Yes. Um, so one of those things that uh, one, of our, uh, one of your suggestions for them was next time you're at that CG house. Talk to the intern. Yeah. Go talk, talk to the intern. What is the intern going to cost you? Mm-hmm. You know, give him an opportunity that and intern, he'll remember it. That intern who's, lo- who's, who's doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. Who will work with you at 20 or $30 an hour mm-hmm. instead of this, the, the, the major hundred. artists that are working at $150, $200 an yeah. hour. This guy's going to do your movie at 20, 30 bucks an hour. You just cut your CG cost down to 90, down by like 80, 90%. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's, that's what you find in things. That's yeah, how you uh, find you know, that person. Yeah, we, we've, we've started with makeup artists who are looking to build their kits up. Mm. Now, um, I'm not, and, saying, I'm not and, saying the CG artist is going to be able to do the Avengers for you. No. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get to that. That's yes. Right. You hold that point. for Just put a pin in that for a minute. Um, you know another thing you could do? You, wanna, you, you know, we make horror movies. You want to make horror movies. You wanna, you're going to need a special effects artist. Yeah. Um, a lot of special effects artists are looking to build up their kit. Yeah. Um, that's a big thing when it comes to, 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 to effects. Um, it costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of money. Supplies cost a lot of money. Um, to do things properly, especially, because you have to think about it. A lot of these brushes and sponges and all these other application tools are touching a number of faces. Yeah. So you literally need to buy disposable brushes, applicators, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Until that's, you're looking at these $50 for a single brush type things, which can... Well, no, the... Yeah, those are expensive, but that's yeah. that's a choice. What I'm talking about is literally like to the point that you know these disposable applicators you have to buy them. So if you have a seven person cast, there has to be seven different disposable applicators. Yeah. for each one of those cast members, mm-hmm. you know that that adds up. And you know, it's like one or two of those per person per day. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, so a pack you, of fifty. Yeah, of you them need one for the week. for the for the first application, then you need it for touch ups, then you need it for removal. I mean, they, these things add up, and they yeah. add up quickly. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times, you know, a beginning makeup artist is looking to build up their kit. Is looking, I mean, A, you should pay them just for those disposable items or provide yeah. them yourself. Yeah. Um, we were really lucky with Blood Slaughter in that I had my own makeup kit. So a lot of, my, a lot of the effects was done with my own supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that saved us a lot of money, I guess. Yeah, so a lot of our of. artists work with our own, with, with, okay, our, with it, provided these were supplies. our supplies. Yeah. yeah. Um, with provided supplies, um, you know, we've worked we've worked out deals where um, we were working with different materials. We were moving into silicones. We were trying out different airbrushing and stuff like that. Um, and we literally just let them keep the supplies. Yeah, keep whatever's left over. If you're going to make me something, keep keep mm-hmm. keep the extras. Yeah. What am I going to do with it? Yeah, I'm not going. Yeah. yeah, now they can take that extra and go work and get yeah. paid by somebody else with the supplies with that, that, you, supply you that they didn't spend a cent on, yeah. and it's pure profit for them now Mm -hmm. yeah so you're giving them the opportunity to go and get more and bigger jobs and better jobs and 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 you're literally helping them build their case i mean there's a pint of latex left over at the end of the at the end of the shoot here take it it's yours that pint of latex is going to get them through two or three more jobs possibly yeah you know and they're going to charge a kit fee for that latex that we literally handed them yeah so they got experience out of ours they got something else on their resume they got that latex and now they can go 
get paid. Get paid, yeah. With that same latex. Right, which is why we say this, you have to see a film as an opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, don't take advantage of it, but definitely see it as an opportunity. Yeah. You know, I have no problem. You know, I'm a producer. Um, you know, if, if, I, if somebody's going to help me out, then, you know, I can easily read a script for a weekend. Mm-hmm. Spend a weekend, you know, highlighting a script, breaking it down, and giving some budget estimates or, or you know, taking a look at their schedule and giving them some advice. I mean, we've had friends come over and we've taken a look at their, their rough cuts and, and given them advice on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about helping one another, creating a relationship and just being willing to help because if you're willing to help, people are willing to help you back. Yeah. Um, next thing, ask everybody, tell everybody that you're making a movie. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many things that we have found located, not had to purchase because somebody literally had something laying around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a short recently, um, Op, the au pair. Yeah. What we really needed was a baby monitor. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, you can go to, go to the store and, you know, buy a baby monitor. I mean, that's what we ended up well, doing. Yeah, what we did was, but, I went, yeah, I went, to, I went to Babies R Us and I picked up the wireless baby monitor and I bought it. It was like $220 for this damn thing. I bought it on, on Thursday. I, we, we shot it on shot Saturday. shot it on Friday or Saturday. Saturday or something like that. And I returned it. I put it back in the box and I returned it to the store on Monday. Monday. Yeah. But at the same time, we reached out on Facebook and we randomly just were like, hey, does anybody have a baby monitor? Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually had a friend reach out. Hey, yeah, I do have it. Unfortunately, it's at my mother-in-law's and you know, I, yeah, I'm going was, out there in two weeks and it was complicated. Yeah, we couldn't get to him in time yeah. before the shoot right. in order to get it. But it turns out it was the same exact baby right. monitor that I had just bought for <laughs> 220 bucks. So if we were capable, if we were able to push to shoot back two or three weeks, yeah. you know, and then when the shoot was over, Afterwards and everything, he's like, hey, do you still need that baby monitor? I said, no, I bought it, whatever. He's like, well, you can have it if you want it because it's just been sitting and he's like, we had two of them and you know, we're not planning on having any more babies. <laughs> so he's like, here, it's, it's yours. And he just gave it to us. Yeah. You can have it. So if I ever need it again, it, that's it. it. I got it out of his house and it's free. Um, my friend Eddie did the same thing. He mm-hmm. had he had some stuff that was from his mother in law's place. They had his mother in law had moved, and she had some extra stuff. We got an audio monitor mm-hmm. as well from him. He's like, "It's sitting in my trunk. You want it? Take it. I was going to throw it out." Mm-hmm. So we got that. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It, reach out, tell everybody you know yeah. that you're making a movie. That you're making a movie, and talk about your movie. Mm-hmm. What you need, what you're looking for, what you're needing. You know, if you have a certain location, we had one location, uh, the doctor's office in Theta, mm-hmm. and you were very specific as to what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And it was like, uh, oh God, where am I going to find an old school mm-hmm. office that looks like we a therapist office? We went through Airbnb office. and a lot of the places <laughs> that fit this were going to be like a thousand dollars a day to shoot in, and we needed like two days of shooting in it or you know and, yeah. and, and it was like oh god we can't put two grand towards a location towards three scenes in yeah. the movie like we just at that point in the production we just didn't have no. the money to put towards it no. so you know we reached out to our network and I mean we told you know our aunts other uh, uncles mothers cousins friends neighbors uh, anybody that we you know actually ran into at any point in time mm-hmm. Um, my parents were super great, and uh, I told them what we were looking for, and they happened to go over to their friend's house a couple days later, and they're looking around in their home office, and the guy... the, the He's a writer. He's a writer, so he has a very large 
you know, home office with built-in bookcases. Literally and, two walls of books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two walls of books. And he had the old school leather couches and everything. And my parents took a ton of pictures and they sent it over to us. And they're like, would this work? And it was perfect. I mean, we, I think it looks really great on film. Yeah. And, and it was your parents' friend. They didn't charge us to shoot for the day. No. The cost was getting all of our actors out there. Yeah. That was the cost of it. And I had another, we had another friend of ours who... Um, Literally was doing. He he was he was a teacher at the time, so he yeah. was on summer vacation. He had nothing to do. Yeah. And he and I said, "Hey, I got an actor in the city. I need to get him out. We to need Jersey. to get him out to Jersey. Can you come out with us? Can you just pick him up? Come out. I'll, you know, we paid for his gas and tolls and everything. And he came out for the day. He helped me with lighting as well. Mm-hmm. And then while we were shooting, he went downstairs and took a nap. Yeah. <laughs> Ate some pizza. Yeah. Call that that. You know, and that was it. Yeah. You know, we got this location for free, and a friend who literally had nothing else to do for the day. Sure, I'll give you a hand. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We got we got a sound guy for one day from my friend's son who's about who was 18 years old. He's about to start college. He's going to film school, mm-hmm. and he's never gotten to make him. He never worked on a film. He didn't know how to get working how to get working on a film. So I said to him, "Hey, you know what? We're going to be shooting in the neighborhood." He told his son. His son his son came down for the night. He he ran sound for the evening and was even an extra in the scene. Yeah. He even got a line. Yeah. Oh, I mean, even another location that we got, we were reaching out, looking for an office setting, and, and I reached out to a number of my friends, and you know, one of them said, you know what, my boss's son is, is, is working as a PA, and he's looking to get some more uh, work on his resume. If you give him a call, we'll give you the location. And I gave the kid a call, chased him down, sent him two or three different emails following up, and I never heard from him. But they gave us the location yeah, anyway because I reached said, out to him. Yeah, the guy <laughs> said, well, if he never answered you, then that's not my fault that he missed this opportunity, but we had a deal. Yeah. We had a deal. I said, reach out to him and offer him the day, and he didn't take it. That's his problem. Yeah. But you guys can have the location. We shot there four or five days well, in a yeah. full office. Yeah, and full full weekends. We, got, yeah. we, we actually got like eight or... Nine days yep. out of that location. Um, so you never know where the help is going to come from. You know, when, you, when you're when you talking about supporting indie film, and I know everybody's like, support indie film. Here's my Kickstarter. You know, it doesn't have to be about money. It can be about time. It could mm-hmm. be about locations, props, wardrobe. Um, people can donate stuff. Yeah. You know, I, this is all, that's all support. That's all still helping you make your mm-hmm. art. Um, so don't be afraid to talk to people. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that we've we keep forgetting and re-remembering is is, is asking for help and asking for 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 people to support and you know yeah. um, asking for what we need, just putting it out there. Um, and I think I'm gonna pick up that pin real quick. Go ahead. Um, when you said you know yeah, a CG artist can't make the Avengers for you. Um, when you're making an independent feature film or an independent horror film. You're not looking to make the Avengers. You're not no. looking to win an Academy Award. No. Um, your first feature is about getting it done and showing that you're capable of yeah. of actually completing it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's a lot of... This is, I think that this is where people get, get these ideas in their head is that there's a lot of filmmakers out there um, who've done their first feature. Okay, um, Get Out. Yeah. His first feature. Look at this thing. Yeah. But whose first feature is it? It's Jordan Peele. This is not some nobody who just came out of Nowhere, film school. Field, yeah. 
This guy's been in the industry for a long time. Tangerine was shot on a cell phone in one <laughs> Sundance. This guy's been a DP for how long? Paranormal Activity. The guy. Paranormal <laughs> Activity. Yeah, Paranormal Activity was done. Yeah, well, this. Well, what about Paranormal Activity? This guy was a video game designer for yeah. 10 years. Yeah. So he shot a film and in his did, apartment. Then he did all did, the CG yes, himself. And did, and did $150,000 worth of CG work on his own computer for free. Yeah. Remember that that's what you're comparing yourself to. If you don't have that level of connections, then you can't expect that level of film to come out at $20,000. No. It's just not going to happen. Mm. You know, you got to set your sights realistically. Okay? Yeah. So if you have a film that's dependent on something like that, on $100,000 worth of CG, either find a way to get that CG done for cheap, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe you have to either, you got to put, shelve that script or scale it down. Yeah. You know? Um, if you have a script that takes place, okay, let's say your script has a party. Yeah. And the party takes place in this big Victorian mansion. Yeah, it's not happening. How important... What you got to say to yourself is, how important is the Victorian mansion aspect yes. of it to yeah. your script? Yeah. Can this be done yeah. in a condo or your parents' house? Mm-hmm. Can it be done there? Can, does, can, can does you the shoot Victorian, it in one location and just get an exterior? Yes. Can the Victorian aspect of it go, go by the wayside? Is that just you being idealistic? Yeah. Or have you actually turned... Is that actually part of the film? When you need a basement... Does it have to be a three-level boiler room that you find Freddy Krueger in? Or can it just be a concrete basement with some pipes in the ceiling? In which case... I don't know how many people you can find that that grew up in a house with a a ruddy basement. If you can shoot it there, you don't need all of that. You know? Because remember... And basements are great. You're, you can shoot blood effects down there. And you, you can, just hose you it down. Just yeah. hose it down. And remember, and, and that's the other part of it too, is if it's really not essential to the script, mm-hmm. you know, oh, but it's going to create this feeling. You create that feeling in your shots. Yeah. In you shooting it, in your camera work, mm-hmm. in your actor's work, yep. in your editing, yep. in your sound design, yep. in your music, in your uh, uh, color uh, color grading. Mm-hmm. That is what creates your mood. This huge location, that's production value. Right, no, and production value. And it looks great. It does. It looks amazing. When you have an awesome location or an awesome whatever. We've we've had a couple of, we've had some judges from film festivals tell us that that the body shop and the restaurant we shot in, both of which we got for free, yep. because one of our friends owns a body shop, and the other, and, and another one is a uh, is the, the restaurant filmmaker, uh, filmmakers yes. night. Yes, that our lead actor hosts is the co-host of a film night in this restaurant. Yeah. Every other month. Really great example. Two blocks from our house, we have our local neighborhood bar. Mm-hmm. It is the oldest bar in New York City, or so you know they're fighting mm-hmm. to to be named, which they are, um, and. Just so happens, Goodfellas was shot in this bar. Yeah. And so was Tower Heist. And it's, it's the local bar. It's the neighborhood bar. The owner is all about getting the neighborhood involved and, and taking part in having events there and becoming a, a part of the neighborhood. And mm-hmm. he's embraced the filmmaking community. And he yeah. is more than willing. So you never know where you're going to yeah. find a location. Talk to people. Don't be afraid to talk to people because the worst thing they can say is no. Yeah. And, and what, did you, what, did you, what did that hurt? Nothing. 
Yeah. Nothing. Didn't do anything. No. Didn't hurt you at all. Yeah. So always consider what, if this is just production value or if it's absolutely necessary to your script. You're making it's not an necessary film. to the script to move on. When you're on. making an independent film, you, when it comes to production value, you're only going to get one or two things of production value. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's, and that's just, those two scenes they yeah. said looked Great. Great. They wish that some of the other locations were as yeah. nice looking. And you know what? Unfortunately, we have to work with what we have. Yeah. And and I'm sorry, but uh, uh, if this is one of the things that we're going to be knocked on in our film, Location. I'm not taking that. I'm, I can't take. No. I'm not. I'm not getting upset about that. No. They wished it was better. Okay. Great. I'm sorry, my thank you very much. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate your opinion. Yeah. But I didn't have another ten grand to put towards five more amazing locations. Yeah. I just I could not find these yeah. big locations for an for an affordable price. Yeah. I just couldn't. Yeah. You know. But what you do do is if you have something like that body shop yeah. that's available to you, how about you write an entire script based around that body shop? Right. Zombie Hunters has shot in that body shop countless times. A ton. Zombie Hunters, their friend worked at a uh, works at a, uh, a sheetrock warehouse. Sheetrock, yeah. So what do they do? They've shot at that sheetrock warehouse consistently for three, four years. Yeah, They've shot like, entire episodes yeah, in this warehouse because they're willing to location. open the doors to them. You take care of your location. You make sure that you have do the right thing, have insurance, mm-hmm. so that if anything should happen, your location is covered. Yep. Nobody's going to be damaged by the fact that you're filming there. You know, take extraordinary care of these locations. You know, make sure it's mm-hmm. all cleaned up. Make sure that nothing happens to it. Make sure all the water bottles are clean. There's no spots of blood. Um, you know, do the right thing. The restaurant, um, the restaurant opened about an hour early for us. Yeah. You know, they usually don't get busy till about four. Mm-hmm. So we said, all right, we'll shoot from 11 to three. Yeah. And we were done by three o'clock. Yeah. And, we were and, done by three and we had eight crew members. Yeah. And instead of catering the place we told everybody we gave them the it was a little it was a little more than a regular catering would have been for the day but i put more into uh, our food budget because the location was free yes the location was free so we gave everybody the menu said here order whatever you want and we paid for everybody's meal and we tipped the hell out of the waitress and and they got eight lunches that they wouldn't have gotten yep before yeah. and we put their sign they allowed us to yep. their rights we got a, to their we got a sign. Front shot of the front of the we building so the, the restaurant front. is they get a special thanks mm-hmm. you know um and they were totally uh, they were totally cool with it and and the couple of times we've been there for the for film events since then they've asked us when is the movie playing when is yeah. the movie playing when are we going to see this when are we going to see it yeah you know so so these that's are, this one is, way of, it's all about building relationships yeah. and that's how you build a relationship you know we, we they knew who we were um, our lead actor is is one of the guys who runs the event out of out of their location. Um, so they were they were comfortable with him. They were com- they became comfortable with us. Mm-hmm. Um, they see our faces all the time because we're there supporting the event and supporting and them. And he's shot other things there. A couple other people who've been to this event have shot. Yeah. I think there's maybe five or six different movies that have been shot oh, in yeah. this restaurant at yeah. least in the last two years. Yeah. At yeah. least and, five or six. And movies. literally, they get to open an hour early. They get they get paid, you know, mm-hmm. by the meals that we order, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 we continue to support them, go to their events. I mean, most of the time when we meet my parents in Jersey, we we have lunch there at this yeah. point because it's a really great meeting point for all of us, and we all know where yeah, it is. These, uh, this group of filmmakers has brought a lot of business to this restaurant, so mm-hmm. when we need them to open their doors to let us shoot in there for for a day, they're happy for to. a couple of hours. They're happy to return the favor and say, "Yep, go for it." Yeah. Just don't break anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and what are we going to break? It's it's a restaurant. It's yeah. just, generally it's the people sitting at a restaurant having having lunch. Having lunch. Yeah. What is there to break? <laughs> no. You know? Yeah, it's true. So, so uh, yeah, anything build, else? Uh, build your relationships. 
ask people, barter services, big barter and steal. Um, well, I wouldn't say steal, but you know. No, well, you know, we we've stolen some stuff. <laughs> yes, yes, we have, we have, we have. My mother, my mother keeps asking for a location fee at this point because we've shot in her in her house well, so no, many I times. Well, no, I mean, we we we've shot in parks and on trains. Yes, and, and yeah. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, we've shot in some places where we're, we're technically we're not allowed we to be. We were not permitted but, to be, but in the yeah. state of New York, if you do not block, that's traffic, another thing. Use your state's laws to their that's to your something, advantage. That's something. You know what? Beyond that, there's something that I want that I wanted to say I hope maybe they're listening Timothy and Alric something that I would have wanted to say to them <laughs> on the set and I've said it a hundred on, on your show I was I was not on the show but something I wanted to say to them a big point of their show is also whether or not filmmakers need to live in LA to be filmmakers <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Not this. Question. And we get it, and 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 they say that there's a lot of people. There's a lot of big debate in this. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think it depends on what you want in your career. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you want to be a Michael Bay or a Steven Spielberg, yeah, you probably got to move to L.A. Mm-hmm. because it's the only place you're going to get a hundred fifty million dollar budget to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not getting that budget in 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 the middle of nowhere, Idaho. Yeah. It's not going to happen no. because. Uh, the studios are all located there, so all of their resources are located there. So it's actually cheaper for the studio yeah. to make uh, that $150 million movie that they're shooting in LA entirely on sets would cost them $250 million. Oh, yeah, no, and, and, and all so, the resources know that Hollywood's right there. So they, they want the Hollywood money. They don't want to deal well, with that, you. That, they don't want to make that's you a what deal. I'm, that's the next part that I'm, that's I'm sorry, the next part I jumped of the gun. Yes, that's the next part of it. Uh, they always talk about how how do you make movies outside of it? The farther away from LA you are, yeah, the cheaper it gets to make an indie film. Yeah, period. Yeah, it just gets cheaper Cause, cause, cause because movie magic still exists out here, you know. And yeah, it's like people, well, like people you said, see- we go down the block and there's that bar mm-hmm. that would let us shoot, or we go to Jersey and there's this bar that will let us shoot. Yeah. You will not find that in L.A. because yeah. in L.A., that's a movie town. Yeah. They know what they should be charging for a day's worth of film rental. Yeah. Of letting uh, letting a uh, uh, letting an indie film crew come in to shoot in their restaurant for five hours. Mm-hmm. They know what that is supposed to cost. They know what they can get out of it. And yep. they're going to try to get that because if they don't, if they rent the spot out to you for the day for nothing Mm -hmm. there's a chance that another production who was willing to pay a couple thousand dollars for the day may have wanted to be there and they just lost out on a couple thousand dollars for that yeah you know so the farther away from la you get the less people are uh See dollar signs in their eyes. The less and they, dollar more they, signs they see, the more they see the stars. The more enamored, the yeah. more the more enamored they are with the prospect of a film being shot in their place. Yeah, that said, though, I mean, we're making films in New York City. I mean, we have locations exactly. in New York City. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> we're doing this in New York City, and we're getting these things for free in yeah. New York City. We're getting them in Queens, out in yeah. Long Island. We're getting them in Jersey. These are cities. Yeah, and we're still finding free locations. Yeah. Constantly, mm-hmm. people who are totally happy. Oh, you want to shoot a movie in my place? Yeah. Oh, great! That's how oh, I love. That's I so cool. Literally, we were at some show and we met a guy who owns his own comic book store, and he was mm-hmm. like, "Anytime you want to film a comic book store, now I'm like, I already scripted the comic book yeah. store now." You know, people will offer you yeah. stuff for free when mm-hmm. they realize you're making movies, and then on top of that, you can give them a website, yeah. and they can go to your website and see, wow, they actually are. Yeah, I'm on IMDb. I have yes. distribution. I'm a legitimate you know how many filmmaker. People, you know how many people who don't know what 
they're not they're not in this industry. They're not in filmmaking yeah. or anything. But when they find out you have an IMDb page, oh, yeah. you are the coolest person in the oh, world. Yeah. Wait, they're on IMDb? Yeah. Now, us as filmmakers, we know we all have IMDb pages. If we don't have it, you're literally nobody. Yeah. If you don't have an IMDb page, you are not getting no. anything. No. What have you done? Nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. No. So you need it. Yeah. So go it's, find your friend who has an IMDb pro account and have them help you set up your film. Yes. Side note. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> you have a friend that has an IMDb pro account. He can upload your film's poster for free. Mm-hmm. So let him do it. Another service you can provide. There you go. <laughs> another small favor you can provide to people yeah you know I did it I did it for Mario I have the pro account I put posters up for, for two or three of his projects yeah for a while we were doing it with our Vimeo pro account too yeah you know like whatever resources you have I mean there's somebody who'd be can surprised use how a little the tiniest thing that you're capable of doing mm-hmm. can save someone's whole yeah. Whatever. I mean, we we we've. I mean, how many people have we had on the show now oh, I'm working on my web page I'm working on my web page you and I sat down and made a Squarespace we're looking for sponsors. Hmm. Uh, Squarespace page, you know, over a week, course of a weekend. And I'm like, mm-hmm. come by the house. I'll help you set up your, you yeah. Know. Oh my God. And if you help somebody make a website, oh my that God. That looks good. <laughs> a good looking website too. Yeah. You oh just saved God. them a lot of money, a lot of time. And, and you're just explaining this to them. This yeah. is something that they could, they could probably learn it on YouTube, but at the same time, they could also go to their friend's house and hang out for the day and you know, throw on some movies and have fun while they learn how to make their website now and, and 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 update it and yes exactly and then when they have a question they can just call you again and say hey uh how do i do this again yeah. instead of having to go find that youtube video or find the one that has the specific oh, answer yeah, they and google need. the specific oh that's a nonsense yeah just call me you know then that that's what it is it, it, we're a community i mean and filmmaking is a community mm-hmm. filmmaking is a collabor collaborative art you have to collaborate you have to help one another you have to be part of the community you have to give so that you can take and just like uh, what's his name says on um, that app, the app, the the film. Oh, movie. RB walks into a bar. Yeah, uh, stage thirty oh two. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you've ever signed up for stage thirty two, which I'm trying to get better about using, and I, I re put it on my phone, but good luck to me. Um, he sends a welcome message, and his big thing is this community share, share before you take. Share before you ask. Mm-hmm. Share three things before you ask for something. And it's you have, a good rule. Yeah, it's a great rule. It's a good rule. It's a good rule because it keeps you, yeah, you're kind of sharing just for the sake of sharing, but it becomes a habit. Yeah. You know, and you start to realize, you know what, listen, a lot of people, you know, we got a shout out from uh, Chris, Christian Moran. Yep. You know, just for sharing the fact that he won Best Film at a film festival that Manny just happened to go out and attend and support mm-hmm. him at. And it meant a big thing to him. It meant something you go out and support. I mean, you take one because afternoon. The, and yeah, because the truth is there's so many filmmakers who are making their things and and we're all sharing our own work. We're all pushing it and everything. But ask yourself, guys, girls, everyone, ask yourself, how much are you doing to actually support the people who you know? Huh. How many times are you really sharing their work? So when it comes time for you, that you have a project out there, and nobody's sharing it, and you can't get anybody to post it, ask yourself why. Why? Because you never helped them in the first place. Mm-hmm. They're in the same place you are. Well, I want to get my work out there, not their work. It doesn't matter. Hmm. We all have to help each other get our, get our work out there. We all are trying to do the same thing. Yeah. That 
click share button takes button. just as long as that like button. Yeah. Just click both of them. Yeah. Click two buttons. You're sitting scrolling through yeah. Twitter and Facebook and everything all you, day you, long anyway. You just have to move your finger like an inch to the right. That's it. That's, <laughs> That's it. it. Just move. Click move, a second move. button. It's that simple. That's simple. You know, people will do so many different things. It's it's like it's like they said there was that. I mean, look at this. I was on making movies is hard because I I, I tweeted them. Mm-hmm. They had this really great episode yeah. which you should all definitely listen to, which is uh, work life balance, mm-hmm. and it's all about balancing everything because I struggle with this and I know everybody else struggles with this. When you're an after hours artist, as I like to call us, where you know you do the nine to five job and you come home and you're trying. To, to squeeze things in. Literally, I worked uh, 8.30 to 6.30 today, came home, and here I am doing this podcast, and I'm tired, and I, and I didn't mm-hmm. have much energy, but I'm doing it because this is what I do. Yeah. You know? And, and well, I don't even know where I was going with this. Oh, yeah. So they have a really great episode where they kind of talk about uh, their methods of, of dealing with the stresses of trying to balance everything, and I literally just threw out a tweet saying, you know, I love this episode. Thank you so much. And they tweeted me back, and it started. That's what started our relationship, and and I ended up get, getting to do a listener call in with them, which was super cool. Mm-hmm. And we've we had a number of people reach out um, over the last couple of weeks. Just you know, after hearing the interview, they just wanted to say hello and say thanks, mm-hmm. and we got some new listeners, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, if you're listening now, if you're a new listener, give us a rating because we need it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, that, and it's something as simple as a tweet. I mean, there's 140 characters, like. It wasn't hard, yeah. and, it, and, and, it, and it, it got me talking to people who are on the other side of the country that I wouldn't have talked mm-hmm. to other, otherwise. I would just listen to them in my headphones, you know? And based on that, yes. he gave you something to look at yes. and say, give me your opinion. Yeah. Now, is yeah. there any other way that we would have gotten to no. them? No. You know, gotten this chance no. for you to possibly work with him? I'm not saying we're going to or anything, but he gave you, he said, hey, you know what? I like your ideas. Take a look at this. Tell me what you think. Yeah, and I'm, and you know, I'm simply more than advisory, happy. and and more this than is happy to look at it. I've been looking at it, Timothy. I'm working on it. If yes. you're listening, <laughs> and this is also the type of thing where people charge yeah. tons of money to just to sit, read your script, and Seems give stupid. But yeah, you know. <laughs> but but there, this is some. There are people yeah. that this is their job yeah. to do that. You yeah. know. And I that's mean, a, hey, I, I told everybody to put it on their Kickstarter mm-hmm. perks. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. No. And this is something that, you, and it's not even like you're doing it to garner favor with them no. because they're three thousand miles away. Yeah. What favor are we going to get out of them? Right. It's just because. But it's another this script is what you that do. I can take a look at, and it's a different kind of script. And it's, it's a fact it's a of supporting the other filmmakers. Yeah. And, That's and, it. And, I, a, can, and I can help film- this guy I've been listening to for two Precisely. years of my life. <laughs> Precisely. Precisely. And it, and They've it's, helped it's us taken enough. Me a couple hours. They've helped me get through my work life balance issues. They've given great advice, mm-hmm. and, and this is my chance to give them something yeah. back. Return the favor yeah and that's it return the favor we're a community it's a circle it's a circle of life <laughs> i think we've rambled enough yeah i think now so. i think i think we're i think we're good i hope on this. this is good i hope i hope that people got yeah. something out of it yeah. this, um, this is what happens when you don't record a podcast for a month i know you get so for, rusty you get rambling for two but hours, definitely check so. out mark two pluses uh south by southwestern keynote speech um it's super great he talks about three dollar uh Short films that you shoot on the weekends with your friends, which I'm a huge advocate of. Um, you know, that's how we kind of came up. That's mm-hmm. how we learned to do things. Um, anytime we get a new camera, a new piece of equipment, we have a, a new technique we want to try out. We write a short that involves that. And that's we use something it as you do too. 
That's something you do too. Keep shooting. Always Keep shoot shooting. something. You have something in your last project. Well, this was a little bit lacking. Let's the make the make the next project focus on fixing that. We got a new crane. Mm-hmm. We got we I bought a crane off of another filmmaker friend of ours who he didn't need it anymore. So I he he gave me a gave me a nice deal on 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 this big eighteen foot crane and I wanted to learn how to use it. So, so I so wrote it. We had a script. He said, like, "You know what? I want to learn to use this thing." We went over. We shot this. We shot the all pair with it, and I mm-hmm. stuck the camera on that crane, and I spent okay. and I shot the entire short on that crane. Whether it needed a crane shot or not, yeah. I did not take it off of that simply because I wanted to get used to moving the crane. Yeah. And I learned. I got used to it in a three hour shoot. I yeah. learned how to. We had, move we it. had a three hour shoot. We literally had Angie that we were we were looking to work with her mm-hmm. on something. Um, took the opportunity. We shot it in her apartment. She didn't even have to really get dressed. Yep. You know, she didn't have to go anywhere. She didn't have well, to. She travel. got dressed. She wasn't she was. naked, but no. <laughs> but she didn't have to. Like she I mean, essentially, she didn't have to get all dressed up. It was it required nothing. You know, yep. she didn't have any travel. You know, yep. shot it in her apartment. We walked her we dog. Everybody lunch. For the, <laughs> yeah, we walked her dog. <laughs> you walked her dog, and uh, we shot it in her apartment. We paid everybody in buying them lunch for the day, and the the, the short itself considered was was about a couple making dinner for the night. So what the food that we bought from the store ended up being Craft the prop services used. Was prop food. Yes, exactly, and that saved us money there. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. I mean, you know, that's, and that's, we shot that we did the whole thing for it was maybe minimum. sixty seventy dollars. It cost yeah. us the whole thing, yeah. you know, minus the two hundred and twenty dollars for the baby monitor. But we got that money back. <laughs> got the money back, so so pff, didn't matter. Yeah. Um. So I mean, that's a great three dollars shorts are great. Um. They're great learning experiences. They're great things about building your confidence. They're great things about learning. I mean, you're not going to learn unless you're on the set, unless you're shooting. You, that's where you learn things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where things go horribly wrong and you learn to think on your feet and to solve the problems. Yep. So keep shooting. Do $3 shorts with your friends. Just have fun with it. Um, you know, have, use those opportunities to build your tribe. Barter services. Whoever helps you on those shorts, help them with their shorts. You know, do whatever. Shoot their headshots, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. I mean, everything we talked about here. I mean, that's yeah. just, just just another example that we could use. So so that's it for us at Filmmaking Sucks this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed this. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to all of our new listeners as well. Welcome to, um, what are we, What are you, they're not our tribe because that, that, that already belongs to somebody else. I know. Who are they? We I need don't to know. think of a word. They, yeah, we gotta, we'll come up with a term for our posse. For our posse. <laughs> <laughs> Filmmaking sucks as a posse. <laughs> uh, so uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher, Google Play, and or, and, or whatever podcatching app you prefer to use on oh, whatever device up, you listen to. Um, we are with two exciting pieces of news that we'll be talking about later on um, over the month because we have a computer again, so we will be recording. Yeah. Um, number one exciting news is that you are a judge of the 48-hour... The 48-hour film project. Yes. It is. And I am a judge on the Madison, Wisconsin. Ooh, um, you little yes. cheese head. For the Madison, Curd yes. Head? Is right? that what it is? Cheese, <laughs> yeah. I am one of the judges for the Madison 48-hour film project. Uh, I'm actually waiting to get the submissions now. They did it over this over the past this past weekend. So we will... One of our upcoming episodes, we're going to talk about 48-hour film projects yeah. as we have done three or four of them already. Yeah. We've been, we've been part of, and we're doing a new one. Yeah, that was my next, next bit of exciting next news. Next bit of exciting news 
is uh, next month on, I think it's July 12th, it mm-hmm. is. July 12th, here in our little town, at the little bar where Goodfellas was filmed. Uh-huh. Uh, Mo Zapata, who runs that... Um, runs that film series, is doing a filmmaker's challenge. It is a nine-day challenge where we're all going to arrive on the on July 12th. We're all going to get our assignments, and we have to submit a five- to ten-minute short film on the 21st, I believe. And we're actually going to do this with Angie and Phil Kral. So we're going to get to work with them. Uh, and we have a couple of our... And this is what we were talking about uh, uh, when we said that you know you end up with people who are always willing to... Oh, they're always down and always willing to help you because you guys come up together. We were talking about... We were at a party last weekend and mm-hmm. a bunch of them were there and we were just talking oh, no, about them. It was actually them. one of the screenings, the independent film screenings. We showed up to support Christian Marin. No, oh, no, the party. You're, the I'm party. Sorry, you're no. Sorry. I was going to go with something else. Yeah, I'm going to no. go with my point. Um, so we were there, and uh, Angie and Phil were there, and we literally were like, great, what do you got? And we literally started just making a list of the different equipment, the different mm-hmm. lights, people, access, resources, locations we have, and just kind of put it all into one big list, and that is our plan so far. Yeah, but that was the reason why, well, that was one of the reasons yeah. they came to the yeah to the, that night, because we'd already talked about it. I was just it. talking but, about the resources, pooling yes, resources. But we went to the party, we went yeah. to this party where a bunch of our friends, other mm-hmm. filmmaking friends that we've all worked with in the past, and we started telling them that we were doing this project, and they and we're like, well, we need yeah. we need actors. Yeah. Three or four of them all said, well, we're down, we're there. Let us know where to be, and we're there. Yeah. Without question, didn't ask them to help, they're there. Yeah. They were just willing to help out, because... They're our posse. Yes, that's it. They're I'm our so, posse. Oh, I was going to say they're troopers, but somebody else has that too. Damn it. Yes, yes. <laughs> somebody else has troopers. Damn it. We're, we have a posse. <laughs> we have a posse. We have a posse. They're our homies. It's <laughs> our, <laughs> <laughs> our homies. So We're going to come up with a better term for you, yeah, I promise. Yeah. If you have a suggestion, just let us know because we're floundering so, here. Moving on. That's it. That's it. We're done talking. <laughs> One more. One and more? Then, oh, God. Uh, we were going to be at the... Pominock Academy of Wizardry in Old Bethpage. Page. Bethpage. 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 Old Bethpage, Long Island. Um, there's a little surprise waiting for you there. I can't talk too much about it. It's confidential. But we're going to be there that weekend with a creation. With a creation. With a creation. Okay. It is a Harry Potter themed um, event. Event. Two day event. Fantasy. Um, cosplay yeah. type show there's gonna be a bunch cosplay. of vendors there that we know and everything yeah, it's gonna be an interactive yeah. cosplay experience mm-hmm. yeah so that's pretty cool and old beth paid the palmy knock academy palmy knock academy of wizardry all right and that is that july is. 8th and 9th all right i don't know anything about harry potter so okay <laughs> but yeah we'll be there we'll be there yeah uh that's it subscribe to us rate us review us and uh, you have any questions, comments, concerns, problems, issues, or love letters, send it to filmmakingsocks at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter or, uh, Twitter at MassGrave and at MassGraveette. That's both of us yep. at, on Twitter. And Facebook, you can find us. You can find our Facebook pages and, you know. Massgrave pictures and things yeah. dates and yeah, filmmaking sucks doesn't have any accounts, but I think I've had enough accounts. Yeah, it's so. way too many accounts. It's too many accounts to begin with, so we're just going to keep it as as our own. And then definitely go goes. and check out Making Movies Is Hard. Yes, check out and Making Movies Is Hard. Listen to Timothy and Alrick tell you all about what it's like being professionals in the industry. Yeah, if you're getting tired of us non-professionals, non-professional <laughs> folk <laughs> working, yes. something. listen to them. They have a whole lot of knowledge to impart upon you. Yes. 
So check them out. And if you want to hear her episode, is episode 104. 104. Check me out. 104. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Uh, that's it. Good, Good night. luck. Good night. Good luck. And make good films.